Hey, Clint. Clint. Clint? Yeah. Uh, we will be jumping soon. I'm gonna need you up here. Okay. Be up in a minute. Ready when you are. Uh, what were you doing? What was that music? Oh, I was just working out in the gym. We have a gym? Yeah, it's right next to the lounge. We have a lounge? Yeah, I just had the bar stocked with cigars. Listen, I am not in the mood to be messed with. You haven't been to the other parts of the ship other than the cockpit, have you? Listen, I walk in, I go to the right, I sit down. Wow. Just wow. Well, I hate to spoil the rest of the ship, so you should walk around sometime. I put all of this in your packet when you were hired. Yeah, some other time. Right now we have a delivery to make, and I need to focus. Understood. Uh, my recon says that they're mid-battle, so we better be ready. Steve, Carl, we need you in the gunner chairs. We have crew? Oh, never mind. Prepare to jump. Three, two, one. Shields to the front! We're locked. Hold on! Carl, five o'clock. They mean business. Twelve seconds to shuttle bay. Imperial Star Destroyer. Recon specialist with requested parts. Come in, over. Clint! Rear deflectors! Got it. We have you on radar. Transmit clearance codes, over. Transmitting, over. Steve, you hit something already? Watch out for the CR-90's tractor beam. Clearance codes accepted, recon. Docking bay 4, over. Clear that area! We are coming in fast! Over and out! Hold breached, hold breached. We just lost Steve. Locking us in. Screw this! Whoa, don't spin, don't spin. Sorry! Gonna be close! all right yeah nice flying yeah it's what i do damn boys you know how to make an entrance yeah you should see me dance do you have the parts requested there's no damage to the cargo however we did lose two crew members you'll be compensated oh yeah we needed those parts badly, and you guys were the only ones who made it. Everyone else got turned into space dust. We even lost the shuttle Tiberium. Yeah, we heard. That's why we took the job. Too many people lost due to this battle, you know. Agreed. Since we are still mid-battle, we'll have to have your ship unloaded and take you to debriefing. Yeah. You can meet the rest of Group Alpha. Lead the way.
sir. We have the transport pilots for you. Ah, thank you for the shipment, fellas. Joseph? You're an Imperial officer? Yeah, first day too. You picked one heck of a battle to join. Uh, we aren't joining any battle. We are just making a special delivery. <laughs> understood, understood. This is Rich. He'll take you through the battle. Well, let's get your boys debriefed. Hello there, and welcome to Recon Specialist TV. I'm Patrick Patrick. And I'm Padre. And today, the title might be misleading. It's going to say Hotec versus Flight Group Alpha, but, you know, don't be misled. We are going to open up the topic of discussion of Flight Group Alpha and Hotec, its pros, its cons, its good sides, its bad. We're not going to, like, determine which one's better. I mean, that's not what we do here. Um, but we have with us our famous Hotec and Flight Group Alpha crew, They've been through all the missions for both of the series. They've flown, I mean, all the ships. They've gone through it all. I mean, Robert, who do we have with us today? Well, we have Rich, we have Joseph, and yes, we even have Chuck. Yep. Scoop Chuck out Dan, of on the other yeah. hand, couldn't make it because he was doing a party with a bunch of 16-year-old girls or oh, something God. like that. I think yeah. some sort of sorority thing uh, with high schoolers, yeah. if that's a thing. Yeah. Really they said his house was full of 16-year-old girls. I don't know. Yep. So I, I don't know why he would want to come onto a podcast with us with a, a house full of 16-year-old girls. I just don't get it. True. He has to supervise his daughter's slumber party, all you perverts out there. <laughs> exactly. You rich for finally legitimizing dance. I saw a movie like that once. Yes, I definitely have seen a movie like that once. Uh, I, I don't think it had a theatrical release, however. That, I don't know. I, I Gosh. Anyways. Oh, are we really doing this? Okay. We, we are. So with oh, us, we God. have uh, Grumpy Grandpa, if you know him in the Discord, or I believe on Twitch, which is a.k.a. Joseph. The uh, grumpiest of grandfathers who aren't actually grandfathers. Yeah, you've been on the show. <laughs> no, what? I knew a kitten named Grandpa who was grumpier than you, Joseph. Heresy. <laughs> I'll fight them. Uh, we also have with us the maddest of chemists, even though I don't think he's a chemist, but he probably is. Uh, doctor. No, he is. I know he is, but he's a doctor. Chuck Crawford. Squad leader. Squad leader. True. Squad leader. Chuck that is a fact. And the man with the highest starship, in, uh, the starship uh, insurance premiums. Let's not forget that part. Yes. Also <laughs> the man that must die every mission or else it will fail automatically. <laughs> That is the a, first to die as well. Oh, it has to be the first to die. And th that is not planned. Team. Uh, last but definitely not least, the stash. Uh, one Mr. Rich, and I always butcher it, uh, stable, stable, stabler. Stabile. Stabile. There you go. That's the French. Incorporated. Exactly. Stabile must be Italian. Is it Italian? It is. I'm Italian. Stabile is Italian, yeah. I thought it was French. It means it means established, and it also means from the region Stabia, which is just south of Naples. Or so established and stable. Well, so this, we're here to talk about Totos, all of the the missions and your experiences with both, and giving the people you know are, that are either getting into it or have never tried it. Because let me, I'll tell you this. I posted something to Facebook and said, hey, what are some great upgrades that are just must-have? 
and about 90% of them were first edition upgrades because people still play it in first edition. They've never played it or, you know, gone over to second edition. They haven't come over to the dark side yet. Oh, exactly. Um, I mean, Joseph, I think, is the only one besides myself and Robert who has played first edition and second edition. Yep. No, um, I did. I did. Oh, you did. Oh, yeah. Oh, awesome. All right. Learn something new every day. Um, first yeah. edition Ten Rao, baby. Woo! Yeah. First edition. No, not first edition X-Wing. First edition Hotak. Yeah. Yeah, I played I played with you. It was... I never played first edition Hotak with you. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you did. When? My roommates and I played through the whole campaign in college. It was craziness. It was fun, though. No, the only time we played did... in the store, that was all second edition. Was it? Yeah. I, that that was me playtesting second edition from beginning to end. Oh, oh I guess. Oh, okay. I, I could have sworn we played first edition. My apologies. No, that's nope. okay. That's, see, that's the thing. Most people don't even know that they're playing first edition or second edition or that there's a difference between the two. Um, what, like they're a different game? They are definitely a different game. I mean, are they? To are they though? Yeah. Do you guys want to start with Hotek or Flight Group Alpha? Let's start with Hotek because we did Hotek first. I guess go through it chronologically. Does that make sense, or do people want to start with Flight Group Alpha first? Uh, I think it's fine. All right, perfect. If you can remember, what was your favorite mission out of Hotek? Oh, the one where we destroyed that base and got like fifty something experience points. <laughs> <laughs> oh, where you, you crashed the Falcon into the base and then just took it over and then just completely yes. obliterated yeah. the TIE fighters. Oh, yes. no, the, that the was one fun. we won on like three turns or whatever it was. Yes. That, <laughs> yeah, we we got like three sixes or whatever it was to roll into the base. Yeah. Yep, that one. It, it was the single mission that made us overpowered. Yeah, I do. Oh, so... That's the fun thing. In first edition, that ship only has two attack dice. In second edition, it gets three for the Falcon. So it literally can hit very hard. And yeah, you guys went dead in... Or you destroyed the shield generators on the Joust, which allowed you to crash the Falcon into it like third turn. You then rolled all the necessary dice in a row to take over the base. Yep. Um, and then you just started turning the turrets onto the Imperials, and then you guys just stuck around wiping everything out. And yeah, you guys got like fifty and, experience each person. Yeah, there was felt- some there was some crazy thing like we thought it was like we collectively got one point per kill, and it was like no, each each of us got a point per kill. Yep. It was some and crazy like- thing where the multiplier, the amount yeah. of experience we walked away with in that mission was insane. Yeah, and but that's- like, <laughs> also XP aside though, that was a fun mission. We felt oh, heroic. Flying in there and like taking over the base, it felt very much like Star Wars, you know. Yeah, well, that was the thing. It, that was when Sean wrote it, and it we went to him like, "Dude, this is so broken." We each or they each earned fifty points on this mission. I don't think that's supposed to be. And he goes, "Yeah, let me let me fix that." So. <laughs> I mean, hey, but like again, independent of the experience points, the mission was still it felt very Star Warsy because you know you're going in, you're flying in, you're attacking a base, you're landing the ground team, you're continuing to engage their fighters in the air. It felt very Star Wars. Just that yeah, whole very thematic. Very. Thematic. I also, I think the uh, my other favorite one, if you don't mind me sort of plowing ahead a little bit, would be the the one even though we failed. The one patch where we played, it was I think it was you and me and Derek and Dan in the shop. We were back, this was back before the pandemic. We were playing in person. It was the one where we have to escort the hawk off the table. Oh, I was just about to bring that one up. And like we almost got the hawk off the table, and then it exploded in the last turn. But again, it felt very Star Warsy. It was like a 
you're a group of rebel pilots. You're unequi- you're under-equipped. You're overmatched, and you're just going to go out there and try to do what you got to do. And we almost won. And then, like, I mean, sometimes the, the the risky play doesn't play off, and your hawk gets destroyed. But I still had a lot of fun with that mission. I think that was one of the last ones we played in person. Yeah, I, that's also I think the most failed mission that I see posted in the Hotec uh, groups. Everyone always has the hawk die, unfortunately. Well, yeah. but- because they try to run with it instead of... And the trick is, you turn it towards one of the TIE Fighters groups, and you fly it straight at it. <laughs> yeah, I always think, or like, if you fly it down the middle, like a lot of people do, you're almost guaranteed to get caught by both groups. But if you start by one group, you'll get caught by the one group, but you're not going to get caught by the other one, and it gives you at least... That was even one, like, back in first edition, my squadron failed it the first time through as well. Oh, I failed like, it, like, five times in a row, because I was, this is in first edition, and I could not defeat, I couldn't get past it, no matter what I did with the Hawk, it couldn't get out of range of those TIE Fighters, and it would always get blown up, and then I was like, let me just fly towards these TIE Fighters and see what happens, and I did that, and immediately, I, I won. It yeah. Was inc- it I know people have done the flying it straight across, and then they scream in with whatever they have, um, I did not have success doing that, though. <laughs> All right. So, what's your least favorite mission out of Hotak? Uh, the one with the stupid slicer net, and you have to go around and pull the numbers out of the bag, and we have to scan, like, the 12 satellites. Do you remember yeah, that one? Part, yeah, I think in part because we were, like, 0 for 7. Like, the odds. Yeah. <laughs> no, is that... And... No, or did we pull it early? Because it was no, one we was... pulled early. early. Then well, you, was... you guys played that one twice. So, the first one, we yeah. were, I was okay. just showing you how it worked. It didn't actually count. And then the second time, you guys knew the trick. And you, I think, pulled 12 out of the first bag, and then you immediately had to go around and destroy or disable the rest of the sensors yes. so that you had yes. you no chance in hell didn't pull 12 out. Yeah, that one. I think that one, oh, and I can't remember, there was one with, like, the TIE Phantom and the research bases, and we had, like, a timer, and we had to, like, find everything by the end of, like, turn 12 or something, and, like, you had, do you remember that one, guys? When, like, we were fighting the TIE Phantoms, and there were, like, whole, like, little research stations that you had to scan the gas clouds and come out of the... Yeah, so I remember. Yeah, there was one, and I was like, "Guys, we have to, we have to go. Yeah. We're not, we're gonna run out of time." And like, it was just, it, it was, it ended up being that one ended up being okay because we were able to do it. It just, it was just stressful. But those are the two that sort of stand out. But I just, I don't have any real other complaints it, aside from those. So, so for me, there were no missions in Hotak that weren't fun. None yeah. of them. I yeah. mean, I was just there were a couple that we ran away with, but like they ended quick and we ran away with them. But even the ones we lost, it never felt like you know, early on, like, oh, we're hopeless. You know, they were always, like, nail-biters, even yeah. when we didn't finish them. Even the ones in the minefield were like, were like, I just have to run over this mine and hope I don't die kind of thing. Like, it was... Yeah, yeah we did that quite a bit. That was a tactic. Hotak scaled, I thought, pretty well. I thought it got a little easier as we went along. Like, especially towards the end, I think that the difficulty got a little away from... We got a little away from the difficulty, so to speak. Um, I think that that actually, and we'll probably talk about it when we talk about Flight Group Alpha, but I think yeah. that mindset going into Flight Group Alpha really posed us. Yeah. We, we got a little overconfident. We got a lot overconfident, speak. way too soon. Yeah, Because yeah. well, we were used to how HOTAC worked, and we were used to the, yeah. the way that it, those ships... It didn't like... scale. It didn't scale with us the way HOTAC did. Oh, and it also... The, just from a game design perspective, the things that rebel ships are capable of in the Hotek setting is, I'm going to say, vastly superior to what the Imperial ships are capable of. 
in terms of like getting people to hit hard and hit accurately because i think in almost every engagement in hotak we were going into an opening engagement with like four double modded proton torpedoes you know yeah so i will but i think rich said it right so i don't know patrick if you want to get into comparatives yet no so uh, the tankiness the tankiness of the rebels versus the shatteriness of at least any imperial ship i flew I think that's very thematic as it is, though, Chuck, because if you look at the Empire pilots, dime a dozen, we don't care. We underpay them. We're going to give we're, we're not going to give their ships any shields. We're not going to give them anything really good because we have so many of them. Rebels, we have to have better ships that are more tanky because we don't have a lot of them. That's how that game is thought out and played. It, in my opinion, it it just seems to be that's how the designers go at it because of that's how the movies were. I don't think it's it's one is necessarily better than the other. I think they they balance it out by, oh yeah, you can have all of these Tie Fighters. Oh well, you can only have three of these X Wings. You know, yeah. I I think that's how they they do their balance. For those of you who have never played Hotak. So the way that it works is you get to start in three different ships. You can choose the X-Wing, the Y-Wing, or I believe the B-Wing. Those are your three yeah, starting um, ships. What? A-Wing. Sorry. Nope. It was the A-Wing. A-Wing. Nope. They've changed it. You can't oh, start Oh, they changed it. Okay. It used to be the A-Wing. Ha ha. So that's the other thing. The A-Wing is really weak to start. And people always ask, can I start in an A-Wing? And we always tell them, me and Sean, if you do, know that you're going to die. <laughs> because you're just, you don't have it yet you need more experience you need more leveling and then that a-wing becomes an absolute monster um but so you get to choose those three ships and then once you hit level three you can then use experience to move to a hawk move to an a-wing or move to um i forget the the sixth ship that you can move to but you have options and then not everyone has to stay in the same ship like so you can have two y-wings two x-wings and and you know mix and match and then work those up to levels with other upgrades and make them really, really compatible with each other. So it's not like you're flying, all four of you have to fly X-Wings and then you're stuck in X-Wings the whole game. You can you can move to a ship at any point in time as long as you have the experience. Yeah, the synergy right. that you're able to achieve is incredible. And I think that's what I was getting at when I said that our Rebel Squadron was better, is that because we were able to get our ships and tailor them the way we wanted them to be, and we had a higher level of custom customizability in that regard than we did during Flight Group Alpha. Yeah. Right, and I think that's a really solid point because the the later missions, our first engagement was usually double modded torps if we wanted yep. three yes. or four of them at least. You know, Padre was saying he was talking about how thematically it makes sense for the Empire to just kind of have less, which he's not wrong about. But I think at the same time, it'll also like you guys are saying, you're coming from a game where you have more, and now you're going into a game where it's it, you're inherently starting with less, and you have less freedom of being able to pick what you want to fly, uh, less freedom of your upgrades, all that sort of stuff. Um, exactly. Ooh, that's a good yeah. segue. Upgrades. Um, so going through, <laughs> we can talk about first edition upgrades real quick because apparently a lot of people play first edition still with the first or with the the Heroes of Victory cluster. So key in Farlander's ability to use a stress like a focus that yeah mm-hmm. no that's strong. That's, um, that's Braylon, no yeah. wait, no that's Tenum. Well, Tenum's uh. ability, yeah. Uh, there was expertise thrown around a lot, which is um, another amazing upgrade back from first edition. 
Um, I that card. I don't miss that card, but I miss that card. I don't miss that card, but I do miss that card. What you, what, what we still have that card. card. We still have that card. It's just seven points in Cold Slogger. Exactly. Well, expertise <laughs> used to be if you are not stressed, you may change your focus to hits, basically. Yep. It um, was yeah. brutal. It, oh, what yeah. was... Um, no, what was the other one Joseph said? Uh, so, oh, Key and Farlander. I can't remember what his ability was. Uh, I can look it up real quick. Oh, that's so, the one where you can spend a stress like a focus. Yeah, it's, it's 10 numbers no. for the new second edition viewing. Yeah, basically. Is it? Yeah. yeah. It's what the same 10... pilot. Yeah. Oh, man, I can't remember what 10 numbers first edition ability was now. No, no, I'm saying it's, it's the same as the 10 in second edition, Rich. I don't remember first oh. edition pilot abilities. Yeah. That's what I... Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Um, but, of course, you had push the limit which allowed you to do two actions, be get become yeah. stressed, and now you have a focus. So you could barrel roll target oh. lock, and then that stress becomes your focus. So, like, you just yeah, became a monster B-wing if you really took it that route. And that's just stapled onto any ship, especially if, you, if you're if you in an A-wing or an X-wing with an R4, or, or first edition R2 astromech. Right. Then you're just able to clear stress and just keep double actioning. Yeah. Well, and there were some, there were some synergies. As we took on pilot abilities, our mm-hmm. synergies got, like... We had a lot of synergies in Flight Proof Alpha as well, but not to the same kind of level of magnitude. So yeah. when like Dan's Dan's ship when he had Wedge and Dutch and 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 then he yeah. was passing around target locks and focuses and then you know yeah. nuking anybody yeah, that was shot, it was crazy. Yeah, that was my E Wing. I had supernatural reflexes and Dutch's ability comboed with the E Wing because I would do the linked action before I moved hand off target locks to people, and then move, and then get a focus, then double-modded torp things. Yeah. It was, it was, it was so gross. Also, with first edition, <laughs> Hotak, you have access to Rebels and Resistance. So the Poe Dameron's ability of being able to, you know, oh, use a yeah. focus just to change it, uh, a focus oh, to uh, either a hit or an evade. Um, Remember the old with advanced optics, and then you just had infinite focus. Old advanced optics just kept the focus on your card. You yeah, exactly. Oh, perma focus. That was fun. Oh, yeah. Ray Crew, uh, another great one to where you could just take a focus and then bank it later, kind of like the Moldy Crow. Um, yeah. Guidance chips, God help us. That was a thing. <laughs> Those are must haves. Uh, Predator was also great because it didn't rely on that, what's now a bullseye arc. Also, um, harpoon missiles. Yeah, harpoon missiles. Get out. Get I'm laser turrets. I'm terminating Joseph just for bringing up harpoon missiles <laughs> or harpoon torpedoes, whatever the hell they were. Harpoon missiles, yeah. Oh, harpoon. Jesus. Um, so the upgrade. Did you find harpoon missiles just to be as fun as the electro proton gun? Yeah, um, exactly. Oh, Jesus. Um, so with second edition now being a thing, what do you guys think are just like you have to have these upgrades on your ships? Sabine. Sabine's uh, <laughs> uh, pilot ability, yeah. Yep, Sabine pilot on literally any ship, so good. Um, Dutch Vander, super helpful, in it, especially in an E-Wing. Um, Cassian, also oh, Cassian. super helpful. Well, because that's the thing, like, you build your ship, like, the Rebels have so many, like, handshake synergies that not only help your squadron in the actual thick of the battle, but, like, anything like Cassian or now Hera would be another Jake. big one, like, the new the new Hera pilot ability to yes, have. Jake, Jake was Jake. huge. Yeah, because you, yeah. you have these ships, and not only are you helping your friends out in the battlefield, but every time you help someone, you get an experience point, which then helps your entire squadron level up in the more meta perspective. So you have, like, the tactical and then the strategic kind of thing. And it yeah. just, yeah. In terms of, like, less, you know, farming points and more just kind of, like, hard-hitting, um, you know, Dan was flying an A-wing and I was flying an E-wing, and we both had the, a similar build-out where we essentially had 
Braylon Strom and Ten Num's ability, so we we were getting stressed, and we could re-roll yep. with that stress and spend it to as a focus. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, I think he was in an A wing with Jake's ability. I forget what I was in, but the maneuverability and then also just having that extra upgrade was huge. So I think it's the ability to really have any two abilities that stack together is what really makes Hotak. I think. Yeah. And I think, Rich, to your point's exactly right. Those stress mechanics work on a B-wing when it's got one green die. Then transition that to a three green die ship like an A-wing, and it's holy cow. It's crazy. Yeah. Yep. All right, yeah. Robert, do you have a question for the group? Yeah. Okay, so we'll, we'll refer to uh, Hotec 1.0. Favorite ship to fly? Chuck. Uh, it's always the X-wing. Just thematically tanky. You can go in there, punch somebody in the face, and not worry about getting blown up at least one time. Okay. What would be your least favorite ship to fly? Uh, A-Wing. Okay. <laughs> Got to think too much. All right. All right. Rich, favorite ship? Um, I'm going to say probably the E-Wing. I think, I, I think that was the one I enjoyed the most. And least favorite? Uh, I got to go Y-Wing. Oh, really? Slow, unmaneuverable. Yeah. Yeah, not a big Y-Wing fan, even though, I, that's, yeah, we've had success with the Y-Wing. All right, Joseph, favorite ship? Ooh, T-70 X-Wing was beautiful in 1.0 Hotec. Oh, yeah, it was. It was a monster. Uh, and All then right. least favorite for 1.0 would probably have to be the Hawk, because I'm sorry one attack die is not sufficient. <laughs> <laughs> for those of you who haven't <laughs> played first edition, the Hawk had one attack die out of the front. It was yeah. glorious. So, you yeah. can still take out Fen Rao, though, with it. Ask uh, Jason Weaver. Yeah, hey, I, I don't... I, it, math is weird sometimes, but from a... Nah, give me something heavy hitting. Also, though, yeah, so the, the in 1.0, the Hawk. In 2.0, probably the Hawk would be pretty cool. I just didn't get built out with it this time around, but... Yeah. Well, we, we, I didn't ask about 2.0. I know, yeah, yes, but 1.0, so... Because, you know, I have yeah. feelings about 2.0. Well, um, well, now we can ask Joseph, what's your... Because uh, Rich and Chuck haven't played first... Or, yeah, haven't played first edition Hotex, so Joseph... Oh, well, they just... They, I thought they, he just asked me about first edition Hotex. I know, now we're asking you about second edition. Oh, second edition? Oh, uh, phew, the E-Wing is beautiful. Oh my god, especially a Force-sensitive E-Wing? Beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> force sensitive i limited the group to one force user because i understand how powerful a force user can get so that was one limit i did put on the group i know you can have unlimited force users but eliminating having to take a focus is mm -hmm. ridiculous <laughs> the fact that i'm three three agility getting target locks with supernatural reflexes and then having an evade also throwing luke skywalker's ability on top of it disgusting it was beautiful and i loved it every minute of it that ship was a joy to fly yeah, um, exactly. That's yeah. what I don't Which, want. By but then by comparison, I actually really did not like flying the X-wing in Hotec 2.0. I think maybe it was just because I was also in a group with two A-wings because they could like get shot at a couple times and shrug it off, whereas I got shot at a couple times, I'd take a couple damage and then I'd blow up and die. <laughs> it's like being the lowest agility ship in a squad kind of sucked. That's not to say that the T65 is bad, but it was not as durable as I needed it to be in a lot of our early on missions. Like before we started just, getting superpowers, you know. I, I think he just didn't embrace that. Every once in a while, you just blow up. That's fine. Yeah, but uh, Chuck, every <laughs> once in a while, it means something a little bit different. I mean, it was every mission for a little while. I mean, granted, that's what happened to you during our second campaign. Yeah, but, but it's interesting sorry, you Chuck. say that, Joseph, because it's usually the other way around. 
A wings are usually the one are going to blow up more often, yeah. just simply yeah. because, yeah, they they're more prone to variants. Oh, the A wing is such X- a weird ship to take I mean, in hotel. At, at least early on, when you're fighting a bunch of two agil- two attack die ships, though, you have a better chance of getting hit on two agility than you do are on three agility if they're only firing two dice True. at you. And uh, yeah. it just it and also the A wing was a little bit more slippery and it could get out of positions that my X wing couldn't and it could like blow past people with the five straight boost that my ship didn't have. And maybe it was also part of the way I was flying it, but I just feel like I was in a lot more arcs a lot of the time, and my ship was ill-suited to that role. <laughs> okay, first of all, you and Chuck were joust addicts. No, 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 no. Yeah. Patrick, I'm talking about early on, like, like the first like five like five missions back we were still playing in the store. Yes, I know. I, I remember you taking your E-Wing and trying no, no, to no, joust no. four TIE fighters and said, boys, I've got this, and then just got one shot it off the table. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that was the E-Wing later. I'm talking about specifically the T-65X-Wing, but yeah. That, no, that does that happen too, yeah. in math. Yeah, but I'm thinking, just thinking about early on, but, you know, I don't know. It was It's still fun. Oh, it's a blast, because then you got to roll on the chart to see, you know, what happens. Yeah. You either lose half experience, lose an upgrade. Um, we were not so well acquainted with that chart during the during Hotak, but we got very familiar with it during Flight Group Alpha. <laughs> but yeah. you guys kept rolling blanks. <laughs> yeah, I mean, hey. There was no consequences. Well, but that's the whole defense. thing. Imagine, yeah. imagine if we hadn't been so lucky, we would have been much worse off. Yeah. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Like think about think about how lucky we we got in flight group alpha and how we still ended up. Yeah, we ended up on top, um, affecting back the rebels. <laughs> true. So with Hotak, what... wait, was last was last week the last mission? Did I miss the last mission? Yeah, and we got blown up. So basically, oh. we either have to go back and restart the the, sec, the the campaign we were doing, or we and, and we'd be demoted, so we'd lose a whole rank, or we would just sort of defect. So basically, yeah, screw that. I'm not doing all that again. <laughs> yeah, fine, I'll go back. Which to I would, I would explain to you how close it was, except it. I redid the whole thing. All uh, that ha- needed to happen was uh, James, as he was passing the shuttle, just needed to scan it instead of taking uh, whatever action he took. If he would have scanned it, you guys would have gotten it. I don't think James. he was in range to scan it was the thing. He was. I, I no, 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 no. No, there he was wasn't. there was a route that we could have scanned it early. Oh, we James didn't? Said, yeah. And he barrel James. rolled out of arc instead yep. of scanning it. Yep. yep. Oh, well. Oh, well. This is his first time playing. Also, shout out to James for learning X-Wing. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> well, and... honestly, in that you 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 say um, you know he didn't scan because he was new. Well, Patrick, you went back and listened. I think we were all saying, "Don't worry about it because yeah. we're going to do this and this and this." Yeah, and that and that and that never happened. Yeah, and, and then we the, realized, yeah, "Holy crap, we can't catch up to this." Oh no, yeah. it definitely was not his fault. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, Chuck, yeah, it sounds like you're blaming him. Out of it. Yeah, no, I thought. No, I thought uh, Joseph was saying that he didn't because he was no, new. And I'm like, no, no, I, no what I'm saying is that, like, I, I was saying he's new as a way of, like, saying, hey, Rich, don't, go, don't be too hard on him because he's a new pilot kind of thing. I would know. Nah, he's, he's fine. It was, it, it was crashed, at our insistence, don't, don't scan it. No. He was the only one that survived. Yeah, he, <laughs> he was the only one to get yeah. shot down. Yeah. Nice, nice flying, James. As long as Chuck died and James lived, that's all that matters. I think Dan died first, though. <laughs> oh, Chuck Dan, didn't Dan, die first. Dan, Dan did Jesus die first. Christ. He Poor freaking man. just went, I'm going to joust two I-7 Sunterfell TIE Advanced, <laughs> yeah, and man. I'll be fine Sometimes. at range one. I'm good. And then they just, the it didn't even get to the second one. The first yeah, one just, just yeeted him off the board with, uh, what was it? Three hits was and a crit, and he, he blanked out. Obliterated. It was so sad. So he, lo- he lost two shields, one hull, and then the crit was a direct hit. <laughs> 
although, <laughs> although if people watch, you know, the kind of progression, I think it is fair to say, Patrick, you set us up. You totally set us up because no one would ever think you would roll three hits in a grip. There's no I, way. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I definitely True. Well, that was so we went in there I, counting I, on the blanks. We counted on the blanks. I rolled exactly because it also, Rich, these things had outmaneuver twice, and it doesn't say oh. reduce. It doesn't say. Yeah, that was you know, pretty dumb. It basically reduced your agility by two if you decided not to keep in this thing's arc. So Dan, even yeah. with stealth device, was rolling only two dice. I rolled a hit and a focus. It had a focus, so that counts as me being able to re-roll the dies. I re-rolled the yeah. two, got hit, and hit. Was it there? <laughs> that double out maneuver was broke. That's what if if, yeah. if it only been single well, out maneuver, I think we would have been fine. But it was double out maneuver. An example and that's what of was. how I think that as Hotak progressed, the difficulty kind of scaled down. I think as Flight Group Alpha has progressed, the difficulty has scaled way, way up and at a much we, sharper angle. Yeah, and like beyond and what even like with our weird. shenanigans yeah it's adding the it's adding not only is it additional ships but it's additional very powerful ships that you have to contend with so even if you're dealing with you know your basic level challenging ship if you add three or four of them that makes it difficult but we're not getting three or four of them we're getting three or four of like the third tier difficult ship so it's just scaling at a much faster level than excuse yeah. me we're ever able to actually keep up with Yep. And I think if you circle back to Padre's point, that the Imperial ships are by default less tanky. Yeah, they pop. They pop quicker, and you're going to do this double out maneuver thing with I sevens. Yeah. So, so the only thing I have in my not tanky ship is agility, that is now just not relevant. And <laughs> I can hear people, many problems. And I can, I can hear people out there saying, "Oh, but you can just arc dodge." It's like not if they're moving after you and they're. And they're dialing in the AI's dial based on your current position after you've moved, so it's not like yeah. you could outsmart the AI. Whereas, like if they were just basic run-of-the-mill ships, you could definitely arc dodge them. I mean, if you got it's a little hard to arc dodge like um, AI, but you could still outfly them. But you can't outfly them; they're gonna know where you are. They're gonna shoot you. They're gonna kill you. Yep. All right. Uh, we'll talk about that when we get to flight group alpha. Um, or I'll just move that part. Let's say over. we're spending a lot of time during our Hotex session talking about flight group alpha. <laughs> All right. If, we'll you, can, if you could change one thing about Hotak, whether it be addish type of ship, um, remove a mission, add a mission, uh, add a certain type of leveling, or add something to the leveling, what would you like to do to, to Hotak? I would. Um, uh, there was so back in first edition, there was like a variant of Hotak called Battlestar Palace. I think it's basically you guys take over a like a Gonzadi freighter, and you're flying around with this this rebel fortress in space. And that that one had, like, there within the missions, there were special achievements. And if you did it, you would unlock other missions you could do to get special ships like a T-70 or a K-Wing or, a res, or like a Resistance A-Wing type ship. I'd love to see something like that, because I know very very early on, Patrick, the question you got asked the most aside from can I have heroic was, can I eventually upgrade to a Resistance A-Wing? Well, now you can. See, and I, there's the new upgrade. Well, really? Oh, I didn't, I didn't know that. I was going to say, but I think seeing something like that where you can get more ships, and even if you, you like, hide them behind, like, I kind of, like, in Flight I kind of liked how they, they had, like, a gold star achievement. I wish that actually meant something, aside from just getting a gold star, but, like, maybe, yeah. like, if Hotak had, like, a gold star achievement, if you get, like, three, you can unlock a new type of, like, special ship kind of thing. Mm. I think something like that would be cool, but aside from that, no, Hotak was great. 
Rich? Uh, go to Chuck, because I forgot what mine was again. <laughs> Chuck? <laughs> uh, I, I would add something like uh, K-Wing. Okay. That, that has a bit of that combo, torps, bombs, all that stuff. Um, <laughs> flies very, very different. But I think a combination of squad that had A-wings, X-wings, and a K-wing would be almost... Well, first of all, I think it would be a lot of fun, but I think it would be almost hilarious of how to get those synergies out of a ship that can barely move unless it slams <laughs> versus like an A-wing. So a lot of those synergies would be tough since they're all range-dependent. Yeah, so how you could get all those to play together would be a cool challenge to try to figure out. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, it, mine would be to add scum. Like, I think it would be cool to be able to fly, like, you know, the Mist Hunter or to fly, you know, Slave One or Shadowcaster or any of those ships to be able to fly them in just kind of HOTAC missions. It would be cool to have, like, a, an expansion with those sort of ships. Obviously, it would make some adjustment for medium-sized ships, but um, I, that's all That's all the stuff that I would really enjoy playing. Yeah, um, a, guest, really a guest appearance by, uh, you know, Ketsu Onyo or something. Yeah, exactly. That's a, or a Bosk. <laughs> no, that would, yeah, have them as an option for the mission. That'd be cool. Yeah. Well, I think like like a Ketsu or like an Asajj who kind of skirted the edge of the rebel uh, rebellion. Yep. Like, yeah. so Bosk might be a bridge too far, but those who were in the Outer Rim played on the edge of the rebellion. Robert, do you have another question? Uh, yeah. Since we're, we're playing with ships and things like that, uh, the ship you absolutely hated the most to, to try and kill. What was your most hated enemy? We'll, we'll start with Chuck. We'll start with me. I'm yeah. struggling. Hit them all. <laughs> you hate them all. I hated, I hated the gray the grayish ships that had the spiky bits. Those are those were the worst. The gray hmm. ships with the spiky bits. That could be any yeah. of them, Chuck. That, I think that's <laughs> exactly. his point. I think that's other. literally exactly. his point. I hated the ones Patrick flew. Those were the worst. Yeah. <laughs> the ones that rolled hits and evades. What was the one the, the one ship when you when you saw it come on the board, you were like, oh no, God no. What what was it? I personally hated those mines, those four die like homing mines that okay. if you I I think they were like if you ended up within range two of them, they would shoot at you and and if you shot at them, they shot back at you immediately. I hated yeah, those things. Those were terrible. And the one I thought I would hate that actually it was turned out to be hilarious were the defenders, right? Yes. So the first time the defender showed up and we were like, oh my God. And then we just one shot him for yep. like three missions in a row. And Patrick yep. could not keep them on the table. They would always bump no matter what I did. I'm like, no, do something else. No, I'm doing a three bank. But the TIE fighter already did a three straight. You can't do a three bank. You're going to bump destroyed. <laughs> Because it didn't get anything. On that to be so funny. Because those, obviously the defenders are crazy good. But not when they have no tokens. Yeah, not with the AI, that's for sure. And Joseph. Not, not an Ion Clouds either. Oh, um, right, forgot those. I think early on, it's the TIE Fighter is just terrifying. Because it's, like, it's a TIE Fighter, I can kill it. And then, no, you can't kill it. There were many games, back again, we were playing in the shop like back last January or whatever. And we'd be like, oh, we're going to kill two TIE Fighters this turn. And it's going to we'll be in a good spot. And we wouldn't kill them. And we'd be like, um, okay. We'd try, and then we'd spend two or three turns trying to kill a two, like a one health TIE Fighter. And we couldn't do it. 
and then more reinforcements would show up, I think that was probably the scary part there. Um, later on, um, nah, later on there was really nothing that we feared, because like Chuck said, like it, usually if I see an interceptor on the table, I like a pit in my stomach, I'm like, oh god, here it comes. But, nah, it was it was uncanny. We, granted, firing three double-modded proton torpedoes at a, a defender, it's gonna have a bad day. <laughs> I guess the TIE Phantoms were a bit intimidating, though. But well, I was going to say, actually, some of the, the high initiative interceptors. Oh, yes, I was going to say, what really bugged me, though, about the interceptors was that a lot of them had 1.0 upgrades on them. Like, <laughs> multiple 1.0 auto thrusters really got me tilted. So oh, I, I will yeah. definitely, yeah, that, that. Anything with a 1.0 upgrade while we're in 2.0 really got me mad. I was just like, no, no, it's not, no. <laughs> oh, yeah, I would read that to you. And you're like, no, no, that doesn't exist anymore. I'm like, no, it That's does. not supposed to happen. This no, is it's ho- not how this works, Patrick. Tech, baby. They exist. How this works, Patrick? No. <laughs> yeah. So that. Um, and then I be remiss if I didn't mention that. Uh, no, that like I, even when I read them, I'm like, oh, that's so unfair. Auto thrusters on a freaking ship that has a shield upgrade, and it gets like other abilities stacked on top. It was absolutely. It was so disheartening Bonkers. to see you guys shoot at that and just completely hit nothing again. <laughs> yep. Proton torpedoes, man. Torps are the best thing in the game. That's the that's the must-have upgrade to jump back to that from earlier. Ooh. Proton torpedoes. So good segue. What advice do you offer to new players just starting Hotec? Um, Y wings are better than you think they are because bombs. Holy crap, bombs! The bombs. I forgot bombs. Um, so bombs. Being good. able just like to hit six Tie fighters with a with a proton bomb. That's a bunch of experience points. Also a bunch of damage on Tie fighters. Uh, also proton torpedoes. Oh, and. Always proton torpedoes. Um, and don't be discouraged, because like Rich said, the earlier missions are a lot harder than the later missions, so just if you just keep on going. Um, don't be afraid to fail your early missions, and once you get up there, uh, just have fun, because there's, there's a lot of fun combos to be found with the ships in Hotak. Yeah, and don't, don't, was... race, don't race to try and get as high of a rank as possible. Like, take your time, buy upgrades, you know. Spend your your time at each whatever I forget what we call them. Uh, each skill or level. When I had first started playing Hotak, it was with a gentleman who was who was leading the the game, and it, it always intrigued me. So I wanted to try it out, and and I asked him his bit of uh, advice, and he said the exact same thing was, "Be patient, build yourself slowly and solidly." And and it, I find it strange that you never knew him because here I am in a different state. He had the exact same uh, advice as you did, and and I wholeheartedly agree with that piece of advice. You don't have to go crazy building up crazy, crazy fast, fast. Do it mm-hmm. slowly. Learn your ship. Understand how the game is mo- moving, and and you'll have a way better time with it. Just you know. And I think that's a fundamental mistake we made in flight group versus Hotak. Yeah. And again, that's. And I don't think we learned it in Hotec, in part because we had that crazy mission with all the experience. We got every upgrade we wanted. <laughs> you know, we had all the points we needed to do everything we wanted to do. Yes, you guys um, were thinking you were invincible. Well, I we think the critical the, yeah. advice in, in Flight Group Alpha is just don't go above rank 5. Because <laughs> the game gets exponentially harder above rank 5, and you'll wish you didn't go above rank 5. Yeah. But to that to that point earlier... If I could build on on Joseph's point about the bombs, that you when mean, you when you're early on in in these missions in Hotak, 
the bombs are just not free damage, but they're they're just extra red dice for your relatively low level ships. So those bombs for us did tremendous work. And the AI is not great at outthinking or strategizing against bombs. Yeah, it doesn't. So, it doesn't so our plan bombs, for it. yeah, our bombs did so much work, so much work. So even though the Y wing then didn't survive, it it did a disproportionate amount of work on its way out. Yep, exactly. and it yes, like your your Y wing pilot, pull your XP, but like also if you have like a, like an extra point or two left over, give it to the Y wing pilot because they they're gonna take a lot of fire for your squad and. Um, they're gonna do well. Yeah, so tr treat your bomber pilot well. Yeah, other advice. You can always take more than one too. Um, so that was all of hard tech. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. This is where, unfortunately, I might be a little biased, but uh, by our group. Um, I mean, let, let's set up the whole. Uh, you know, I forget the word for it, but basically, the everything that happened before everything happened. Um. So with both of these, uh, you know, games, I did not let them know what was coming. I let them know mission objectives, but uh, I didn't tell them if something was coming on the board, and I didn't tell them when it was coming on the board, if anything was. So that was with OTAC and Flight Group Alpha. With the Flight Group Alpha, it's completely different than HOTAC in the sense that you're an Imperial pilot. Your skill is based on rank instead of leveling up. Uh, you can unlock UNM points. And you can store those to buy upgrades for every mission. You max out at 30. So you get those for the rest of the game unless you die. And then those might get chopped down a bit. And then there's leveling. And then you can unlock other uh, skills as you go. And then there's four different paths that you can take. And each path allows you different abilities. Like there's the tech path, which allows you to... I think it was... Uh, who took the tech path? Joseph? No, Chuck took I the tech. He's I calculate token. Okay, thing. yeah. So you get calculate uh, linked actions, which eventually down the road can turn white after you performed an action. Um, Joseph took the coordinating path, which mm -hmm. does exactly that. Lets you coordinate to ships while doing other actions. Um, and then there's the Jedi or the the Sith path with uh, which Rich took, which it doesn't unlock a lot, but it just it gives you the force, which that's all the hell you need for that, anyways. Yeah, that's, yeah, it's huge. It is. Um, and you always are stuck in one ship for all the pilots. So the mission will start with TIE Fighters. sucked. Yeah. <laughs> That's okay. So it'll tell you. In this mission, they're flying TIE Fighters. In this mission, they're flying a TIE Advanced. In 90% of the missions, you're flying the gunboat. Yep. Flying yeah. A lot of gunboat. Yeah. Oh, gunboat. So much. Spoiler, it's not fun. So the best <laughs> missions are the ones where you get to fly the TIE Interceptor. Everything else, you're like, oh god, this ship again? Okay. Yeah, so it would come up a lot. Uh, you no, flew the bomber, I, didn't feel I think, that twice. Way with the TIE Fighter. The problem with the TIE Fighter is it felt like any shot you ever take is a crapshoot. Yeah, yep. it could. It, it feels weird later in the game that you're still flying TIE Fighters. Well, yeah, it's a bit insulting. It's like, you know, I've been in the Imperial... This is like my fifth tour of duty. I've flown how many yeah. successful combat missions and you can't get me a better ship than a f***ing TIE Fighter? <laughs> yeah, you, you tried to blow me up three times by making me fly this stupid gunboat in an area where I don't have any torpedoes and there's like 50,000 enemies, yet I'm still not dead. Can I please have a better ship than All a right, TIE be Fighter? Before we start bashing Flight Group Alpha, let, let's go through no, the that's not. The, that's, that's not bashing, Patrick. That's us giving our honest feedback on how the system, how 
we feel about that part of the system. I have positive things I can say about Flight Group Alpha, but on the topic of what ships you can fly when, I have nothing but negative feedback. So I'm sorry, I'm trying so, to respect when I deliver it. Let's go but... over it. What was your <laughs> not bashing. What's your favorite mission in Flight Group Alpha? Anyone when you're flying a TIE Interceptor, because those are legitimately fun to fly. <laughs> Okay. Wow. I'll accept. Uh, what was your least favorite mission? Uh, that one with the aliens with the, re with the regenerating shields. Okay. Yeah, that was my oh, error. Yeah. They weren't supposed to have regenerating shields. They were just supposed to have shield upgrades. But still. What was... Yeah, so there was one, and it's probably the one where everybody got really salty, where we fired, like, three torpedoes and took a shield off a ship, and yep. it was like... That's it, that, was, yep. it was that moment where you just realized there's really nothing we can do. Oh yeah, we had like three more turns to kill the ship and then board it and then leave. And more things showed up and it was just yeah, like yeah. we are we were in the second or third round clearly overwhelmed, right? Yep. And there wasn't there was an idea that well if we hadn't focus fired on an A-wing and and but it felt like bait if you will, which yep. maybe it was and that's fine, but if if all of our Corps focus firing on a couple of A-wings, and we just take a shield off, and now we're behind the damage curve for the rest of the game. I think that's where we got, all got salty, because we were like, clearly this thing out of the gates, there's just no chance. Wait, you guys got might have... salty in, F F in, in Flight Group Alpha? Alpha? I, <laughs> I don't believe it. I, it's not our well, squadron. No. <laughs> no, no, and I, and I think, that, you know, and I think we all have to take responsibility for no, that. that oh, no, yeah. 100%, yeah, it was, but, I, but, again. But I think there are elements of it, it was like, hold on a minute, this, these missions felt, in a lot of cases, like we were so woefully behind the damage curve, because in some aspects we didn't have access to the tools that were kind of in the hangar if you will we were yeah. handed a gunboat it was like well if i had i had an interceptor but i had a chance whatever that might look like but yeah um yeah so the flight group alpha mechanics of how you gained upgrades and then in some cases didn't have access to them because you were given a certain framework i think that that to me was a bit challenging Mm -hmm. Okay. What Does that are, make sense? Oh yeah. What like, what upgrades I've, would you say are a must have? Like, I have another Ryan, out there though. Ryan, Ryan, Ryan's ability. Ryan's ability was gross. No, we're on to we're on well, to, well, so to, to go back. Well, no, go to something that Chuck. So I just want to build on that point quickly. It's like there were point. It's like as we no, leveled up in Hotak, moved on. We and moved I'm going back on. to it. I'm driving back. Um, it's okay. I'll when, come out later. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. But when we when we moved on in Hotak, you begin to feel like heroic, and you're pulling off these incredible missions against these scary odds. In Flight Group Alpha, it was the exact opposite. You would level up. And you would just get your head kicked in even harder. It's like this is. In, yeah. I never. I didn't really feel heroic, or like I was doing well during these missions. Like it. It, it, it didn't have that same like fun heroic feelings a lot of the Hotak ones did for me. And I did feel like I was constantly at threat of losing all my U and M points. So it felt like you never wanted to put U and M points in anything because you could lose them all and and one yeah. bad mission. And See, then you would have, if you had a bad mission, you lost all your points. You then were more likely to fail the next mission. Then it was, it was more like, even though you're part of the empire, which is ostensibly far more better equipped than the rebellion. One bad mission, you were only that far away from essentially failing the whole campaign because it would have a spiral effect. And we we got lucky, like Chuck said earlier, about all of those eject rolls, because if we hadn't, we would have failed a lot more missions a lot quicker. Yeah. See, and that now you guys know how it 
the Imperials felt while you guys were the rebels. You were blowing yeah. them out of the water, and now this <laughs> now, is the repercussions. This is what it feels like. <laughs> but I think yeah, but... this is where this is where the point that uh, you know Padre was making. Patrick, you made it, and I think Rich Rich hit on it. Is we went screaming up the level chart in FGA, and then we're screwed as a result. We put ourselves in to situations where we were overpowered because we didn't balance ourselves as we went up. We True. went up in certain aspects of what we had, but we didn't build out the breadth, if that makes sense. Yeah, you so, guys were going for max XP every mission that you went into. So it was, right. oh, yeah. it was like, okay. Do I get I, a point for that? I get, yeah, hey, I get man. a point for that. That's where that was coined. I get a point for that. It's, it's, wait, wait, listen, well, no, if... no, and that, that part's fine. It, it was the fact that we put all of those points then into getting to six and all of that quickly. But right? then you can so hit we... a cap though on your UNM. So like once you hit your UNM cap, you're like, well, what of what do I need these points for? Right. But I don't think so. For example, how many of us actually had advanced slam when we were flying the uh, like the, two or three of well, you sometimes? Right? So one of the key mechanics of that ship, which is its slam maneuver, not all of us had access to it readily because it was the action we took right and it didn't trigger a lot of those synergies that were built into the the rest of the handoffs and handshakes and stuff so we didn't slam with those ships and, and you know that's why i think we weren't getting for me, function out of the ship is what you're saying yeah yeah because we weren't building them up over time we went screaming up the ladder and we we were in them without all of the kit to do it well i think yeah. i mean i have to go back and look and see if that but it feels it feels like there were times where we were just you know based on our level the ai was bringing you know overwhelming force and yeah we were we were high initiative but we weren't well equipped well so, all right so that would then say all right that would be the mission you guys would want to cut the a-wing mission so that would then bring me to what is the flight group alpha meta and i just want to point out I really think if people are playing Flight Group Alpha, and I don't know, I've never really spoken to anyone else who's played, um, except for uh, people from Shuttle Tidarium. I really think, because when it comes to Hotak, you buy abilities and upgrades, that's your stash. You can lose those at certain points, but that there's no UNM points. In Flight Group Alpha, you can purchase abilities, you can stack those, and that doesn't count towards your UNM points, because that's what at least Klaus said. And then you can use UNM points to buy upgrades like torpedoes, uh, you know, uh, your modifications and so on. So if you are going into a mission, you should really know the objectives first and then go back. And like I with Joseph, you and I don't know if this is the rules, but you buy stuff with your UNM and then you use experience or UNM yeah. to buy other abilities and swap mm -hmm. those out with the mission that you're about to go into. And that never happened. Yeah. You guys never did that. You guys just stuck with whatever abilities you were with. I also think we don't. I don't think. I don't know if we knew that we were allowed to do that. Uh, it like it was a thing to where you guys could buy more abilities, but you guys were like, "No, I'm I'm sticking with these. I like these," and well, you get stuck in that that thing. Yeah. Well, and at least like as far as like the coordinator path that I was on, you asked like, "What's the meta?" If you're doing coordinator path, you're really sort of locked into Lieutenant Sist three two one because that's the way you get the most mileage out of the coordinate path. Granted, I'm not sure the ace path. Empire has a lot of really fun sort of like 
AC kind of like punch in the face kind of ship list builds. Like I like Chuck had like Pierce Sabak and something like Richard Grand Inquisitor. So like the Empire has a lot of like really aggressive ones, but there aren't a lot of handshake type abilities, which is one thing that our Hotek group had in spades. Like we just yeah, I think every one then... of our ships had at least one that could help a friend out, if not multiple. No, and I think I... that's fair. That's that's kind of the whole flavor of the different factions yeah. within the game itself, right? So that thematically makes a ton of sense. Yeah. No, yeah. I'm, I'm just saying that, like, I think that, I don't know, he asked about what I thought the meta was, and at least from yeah. my experience flying coordinator path, I think I had the meta, quote-unquote, ship, and it was still super difficult flying the meta ship. Yeah. I mean, because when you guys move to bombers, there are certain upgrades that, like, of course you want to take Bombardier because it lets you drop bombs at a two-bank, but it's like, okay, what if we took Jonas's ability because that's munition-heavy, we can we don't need target locks per se, we can go that route, and then when you guys are in those freaking gunboats so much, it's like, okay, what if we take some gunboat abilities, like the one that lets you shoot even though you took a weapons disabled? Um, I know the title does that, but then you can remove it and take a stress instead. Um, like and then trigger and then trigger those metals we had which we didn't yeah. use very effectively yeah and that was the other thing, the metals <laughs> oh those like never were really used a lot um i, think I don't think i used any of mine once i think i forgot i had them most of the time then but i remembered i had them i wasn't in positions where they were helpful and i just died yeah <laughs> i mean there's even like new sh new pilots have come out like light and dree i think that's great um i know how runner's ability uh oh. is an option that could have been gone uh so good yeah i rich definitely maxed out his jedi that was great uh yeah, not his jedi. i keep doing great. that it's a damn sith <laughs> but it's force user oh, space wizards are all the same space wizards i mean but now uh, there's new stuff like nash windrider you guys could have stayed on the board um there's lieutenant lareer i know it says he's i uh no not lareer i'm thinking about uh goran if somebody took oh, yeah. Gorin and one of you is I-6, anything that's lower initiative that bumps, you get a free focus action. <laughs> and so, like, I think the Empire has it, but you got to continually swap those abilities out that's going to fit the mission a lot better. I, I didn't... I, I, I think it's fair that we probably didn't realize or leverage it. Um, but but some, so, of those, some of those more recent ones weren't out yet. True. And, and also, those are really expensive, and you have to stop and think about we spent most of our money accelerating our, our growth so that we would have access to these better abilities faster. And we didn't even really start buying some of these great abilities. So if we, we should have had multiples to swap in and out, you know, yeah. I don't really, when, when would we have really had that opportunity? We're already struggling. Yeah, I think Chuck said it really well earlier. Like we, we blitzed forward too fast and we should have been banking. Yeah. But right. there was, I felt like there was also confusion about how many points we were allowed to have. Like there was a thirty-point UNM mm -hmm. cap, but like there, so there was a lot of I think confusion on our part about how the system worked, which definitely colored the experience. I also should acknowledge I have my own little bit of bias. I just prefer rebel ships just in terms of flight and playstyle to imperial ships. There it is. There it <laughs> but is. True. I did try to go into this without bringing that, and there were some a lot of fun missions. That's why like I went the coordinator path. But like. I'm disappointed we never got to fly defenders. Yeah, or phantoms. 
were phantoms, yeah. Or interceptors for more than like two or three missions. Right, well, that's going to jump to our next part. If you could add a ship to the game to fly, which would you add in of the obvious why? The Punisher. Absolutely the Punisher. The, Ooh, oh, yeah, the go. Punisher, definitely the Defender. I mean, the Imperials have so many fun ships. If it has the word tie in it, make it a flyable ship in this. And I mean, like, everything should have at least three or four missions to itself. It shouldn't be, like, 50 for the gunboat, you know? Yeah. It should be. Think, you know, but think of think of a Punisher with a shield upgrade. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and it's a medium-based ship. I mean, so, my question would be, would it have been a complete different experience if every mission had two ship options instead, and you can jump in yes. one or the other? Yes. Yeah. Yes, I don't think it would have been... I mean, yeah. I, I think really three is when you really start to make yeah, I think three would have been a huge difference, but yes, I'm... two would be better. So, Patrick, so uh, I'll reflect the question back to you. So, if you had given us an option of a gunboat and another ship, did we really have two ship options? Yes, because in missions to where you get the gunboat, because I, I'll say this about Hotek: Hotek is bring your scrappers. And and you're going to get it done in some way or another because your synergy is going to overpower the enemy. You just have to make sure that you time it right and get it done and use your brain a little bit. It's like, okay, yeah. we, we knock these two things out. We go here. We fly the Falcon and we land. We're good. In Flight Group Alpha, it's we're not here to blow stuff up. We're here to fly across the table, scan this, maybe blow that up, and then get the f*** out. Yep. So and, that's, and that's I, like Group Alpha. You don't always just stay and, and blow stuff up, which you guys were right. very used to with Hotak. And I think, so the, So I think one of the key takeaways for me, and a lot of this is reflection coming out of this conversation, is being the first, so I should say, going into Flight Group Alpha, not having known anything really about it and not having seen it played or whatever, it's kind of like one of those classic board games that is resource management if you go in playing against other people who have played it once you get your butt handed to you but boy i'd love to play it again because now i get it and now i can actually bring some strategy because i understand it a little bit and to joseph's point about understanding how the system works a little bit and the nuance that you know you've kind of navigated you know being a little bit more of a student of the game i think i would approach it totally different a second go Hmm. I mean, that is why. So, what you're saying is, you would like to play Flight Group Alpha again at some point? Oh, absolutely! Because I look back and I'm like, I got salty for the wrong reasons when I got salty, and I think strategically, you know, collectively, we got into one of those groupthink kind of mindsets where we're all running forward and we're all running up the ladder. And now I'm like, ooh, yeah, it would have been really great if we probably slowed down a bit and built laterally a bit although i think i think there is an element of knowing if i was going to fly gunboats as much as i was that would still be a little bit of a deterrent because yeah. that I, nothing against the gunboat but it's it, i think as everybody said it's it's just not a fun ship to fly because it's just so limited outside of the slam so if, if we had access like to two or three or just like just unlock the hangar just if we could fly multiple different types of ship, or like uh, one of the things I really liked about Hotek was having a ship that like felt like this is my ship. 
And I mean, like maybe so, that's in lore. That's why we didn't do as hot in 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 flight group alpha because every week we're flying a different ship, and like it's like, oh, the stabilizer settings aren't what I like. Like it's it, it's it was just well, if you think thematically, and I'm going to go back to to um, Padre's point around kind of the thematic element of the Imperials, the gunboat, the gunboat actually isn't thematically really aligned, right? The the it was the X-wing is the slower but bulkier, heavier hitting. Versus the stupid, mm-hmm. agile, quick ties. And yep. the gunboat is more like a rebel ship than it is an Imperial ship. I will state that Flight Group Alpha is based off of the original X or a TIE Fighter video game, which is why the gunboat is in most of these missions, because it was in uh, the mission for that video game. Didn't know that. So, I will also say that's sorry. That's where like a couple of like those like scan this thing. Like, well, what is a scan of the thing does? It's like, well, they, you did it in the original game. You'd scan it. And I mean, I never played the original TIE Fighter game, so I like a lot of that. I guess like a lot of, like the I guess the charm of that aspect was lost on me, which is a shame because I heard good things about those games, but just like, you know. Yeah, there were certain things to where you guys had to scan something, and you were like, "Why?" And I'm like, "I don't know." It just says you have to scan this for reasons. And I tried hunting for it, and I couldn't find it easily. I'm sure there was something that said you're scanning because you're looking for parts of something. But they do, it doesn't dive into the details of why you need to scan yeah. for those specific parts. So yeah, it's a little like, awkward that way, too. Whereas, like, when we would scan something in Hotec, it was like, you scan this, and then you either find, like, the shit, like, you either, like, you scan it, and then Imperial reinforcements jump in, or you scan it, and you find that, like, even though the mission, as much as I said, oh, it was kind of annoying, like, having to scan the 12 things, at least the scanning had a point to it. Yep. Whereas this time it would just sort of be like an arbitrary, you have to take your gun out of the fight for three turns, fly the other side of the board and scan a thing, and then hope your squad mates aren't dead by the time you come back, kind of thing. True. Um, I will say, because I did, again, I did this on purpose to where I wouldn't inform you guys on what was showing up on each turn. I just gave you the objectives, and only parts of the extra information like uh you know you're looking for this decimator at some point or you're looking for uh, this object and this is how you can check for that object and so on with hotac um for people who are getting into it i think it's a lot more uh i won't say a lot more fun but it is definitely easier to wrap your head around not knowing what's coming and dealing with it flight group alpha if you're starting this for the first time Everyone should know everything of everything. <laughs> Don't hide anything. Let everyone know what, what's coming on, when it's coming on, so that you can prepare mentally for it with the ships because you are flying four of the same ships. So you're going to be very limited in who can turn when and where. Because if, if one person has an A-wing and one person has an X-wing, it's like, hey, could you turn one hard and go deal with that when it comes on? Absolutely. Yes. No, no problem. If you have all gunboats, it's, well, we all have two hards. We're f- like <laughs> no and i was gonna say that's exactly so when there would be situations where stuff would appear on the board and like all right i'm gonna it's gonna take me two turns just to have an yep. arc on that thing. <laughs> you know now that's where that's why i kept saying my ability for me was the one that would no way am i trade that because that that white k-turn you know turning turning a straight maneuver into a k-turn is crazy and it was the only hope of turning a gunboat around in a reasonable amount of time. Yeah. All right, so I've got another question, but it's not for you guys. It's for Patrick. Yes. You have, let's say, hosted both FGA and HOTAC. Mm-hmm. Which one do you prefer to set up and run? I'm going to say, believe it or not, 
flight group alpha it is i, I, I don't believe it <laughs> well <laughs> f- no from a dm's point of view it, it is um i found myself a lot more scaling it one way or another um to and i found myself being more a part of it uh as a dm when it came to the mechanics because it's Oh, look, you guys have wiped out the starting ships that come on. I now have to decide, are you going to fly around for three turns and do nothing? Or should I push this group up one turn or two turns and have you deal with that until the next squad can come on and hopefully extend it a little bit? And then also, there is a lot of explaining when it comes to what has to happen and when and reminding you guys frequently of it. So I felt more hands-on as a DM when it came to Flight Group Alpha. Hotak basically runs itself. (laughs) There's very little that I got to do um, because you guys were able to handle it with no problems whatsoever. Makes sense. It's good. Yeah. You got to have your, you know what, kicked every week. I would say that's something to do. Yeah, see, that's the thing with, with Hotec. I felt like I literally was not doing anything. I'm like, no matter what I throw at these guys, I lose. <laughs> Cause yeah. getting my defenders, I'm getting my, my most prototype high end experimental ship is getting one shot. Yeah, and so when I'm playing Flight Group Alpha, I'm literally thinking about, how can I make this harder? That was my only thought ever. How can I make, or with, yeah, with Hotec, how can I make this harder? With Flight Group Alpha, it's, I might need to move this back a little bit so that they don't get completely wiped out. Because I had to do that. There was another wave going to come the next turn. You guys were just going to get completely wiped out. So I'm like, screw it. I'm moving that to turn seven instead of leaving it at turn six. And then same thing with uh, allowing you guys to dock a shuttle at one point. Because I even went back to Klaus. Um, it's like the third mission. You guys had to fly the shuttle to dock and then we found out it's not the ship's base that has to overlap to dock it's the actual maneuver and there was no way in satan's butthole were you getting there in time you had like five turns to do it and that's the other thing if you that that's why you should be open and honest with flight group alpha as a dm because if you don't tell them hey if you don't align your ship perfectly and get there in five turns you're never going to make it don't try to like two bank three bank be cute just freaking bulldoze to that goddamn thing and dock it as fast as possible Right. Yeah. Which I had to be forgiving for that. (laughs) So um, I'm going to ask three questions, but I'm going to ask each each one of our guests a question. Mm -hmm. Um, Chuck, which 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 game for you uh, is your preference to play? Hotech. Again, I think it's largely based on the flexibility going into a mission of being able to pick a ship you know, and figure out how you as a squad were going to create the synergies. You know, I'm going to do this. What are you going to do where it was you're all handed the same thing? In FGA. Okay. Rich, same which answer. game yeah. was oh. more of a challenge for you? And what's in your microwave? <laughs> uh, no, it <laughs> it's uh, fried cheese curds. Oh, I love cheese curds. Ooh. Yeah, sorry to derail the entire show. No, um, that's okay. <laughs> now I'm happy about thinking about cheese. Okay. Um, yeah. So what game for you was more challenging? Um, definitely Flight Group Alpha. And a big part of that reason was not only was it difficult because you had to basically play a different style than maybe you wanted to or maybe you're used to and you have to do it over and over again for a couple of weeks in a row. Um, 
that got to be frustrating as was um, the entire squad basically being the exact same thing. The only real difference was what path we decided to go down. And that wasn't a huge difference. You know, we all just kind of felt like we were doing the same thing. It felt very, you know, very confining. Okay, good. I like that. I like that. I like that answer, actually. Uh, Joseph, now here comes your big question. Are you ready? Yeah, follow that answer, Joseph. Are you Uh, ready? Is the question that you're asking me, am I ready? Because the answer to that question is yes. Okay. Okay, so two questions. Two questions. (laughs) Yeah. Who was the better squad leader? You've played both bad. You've played both ways. Was two squad leaders? You did have two squad leaders. Who was the first squad leader in Hotek? I think it was me. Mm-hmm. Or was it Dan? No, it was you, and then it was me, and then it was Chuck. Oh, well. which which one of you did the best job as a squad leader? Um. Oh, God, okay. Words. <laughs> All right, so. I'm not Chuck, putting you on the spot, but I'm putting you on the spot. Chuck did a better job of keeping squad morale and also keeping his squad mates alive because he took a lot of bullets for us. But in terms of actually keeping the squad up and running, my experience factory target lock engine stress pulling mechanism in Hotak was unparalleled. Yeah. And well, I, so, I think it's all important for everyone to recall yeah. that I specifically talked Dan out of taking the focus he desperately needed that killed him. <laughs> that is not true. You but I would uh, like to. So, no, like, I talked him into an evade. I talked him oh, into yes, an evade. Yes, yes. And he needed a focus. That's what, what, yeah. what I'm going to say is that Chuck was better at keeping morale up when we needed morale up in Flight Group Alpha, but when yeah, it came to driving the synergy Mr. engine. Bean. What? He was basically Mr. Bean. No, <laughs> and, and I don't mean that as a slight against Chuck. Chuck, you were, you no. were a great squad leader for us. I hey, just think you that remember, during I didn't Hotel, vote for it. No, yeah, no you were appointed. Yeah. But I don't know. I mean, Padre, I think that's my answer to your question. I think my strategy. Really, no one died on my watch. My uh, my plans always. Wait, wait, when were you squad leader? <laughs> I was squad leader because I came in. You were saying I don't want to be squad leader. They made me squad leader, so you stopped being squad leader, and then you immediately started arguing with me over being squad leader because you made bad calls. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, we immediately had success, and Joseph was like, "No, no, no, no! I need to claim this success as my own." It was my success. I can't lead. Yeah. I can just point out when the leader's doing bad. <laughs> hey, man, listen. We all lead in different ways, and mine is from the armchair right behind the actual guy who's in charge. I lead as no, number one. Right. <laughs> okay, so for, for 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 future reference then, and, and just to let everybody know, Chuck, how many people should play this game? How many people should be on the uh, Rebel side when playing FFG or, or Hotech? I think four ships in Hotec is a good, good yeah. number. I think okay. four, four is kind of the sweet spot. Okay. What about uh, FGA? 20. 25. Yeah. You can <laughs> as many as you can throw in there. Yeah. Okay. No, I, I think, I think four, four, four is too few. I, I yeah, I think five is probably the better sweet spot. Six if you really just want to take an extra ship. For, FFG, for FGA. Flight group, flight group alpha, yeah. Because yeah. then you can not level... You know, because there is a, there's a strategy. You don't level some of the ships up. You level the other ones up. That way, it keeps your your base initiative down, so you don't deal with I sevens like you guys did. Um, right. But then, when it comes to having those little spare ships that take abilities that you didn't or you couldn't fit anywhere else, they're cannon fodder. They're the ship that can just pop something when it it should have died like two shots ago. So yeah, more the merrier with Fight Group Alpha. 
Exactly. Okay. And also to scan stuff. <laughs> yes. Scan stuff. Yes, I forgot that. Now, um, I will. Uh, I'm going to ask one question, and That's uh, you each will ask. And this is my last question: These scenario-based games versus uh, 206. And I'm not saying competitive 206. It can be any kind of just 206. Which would you rather play? Um, well, if we're meeting at the store and uh, just playing, yeah, I, I would probably want to do like 20206. Um, but you know, if it's like going to be a weekly thing, uh, yeah, I mean, I really didn't. I really enjoyed doing the campaign. If I could only play one way for forever, it would be 206. But the campaign is like kept X-wing interesting and fresh for me through the pandemic okay joseph same question um until they unnerf my resistance a-wing scenarios all the way because <laughs> i've struggled to build 206 lists since the points change in november and i'm just since, gonna wait until since they liberated lord vader yes no not even that just i can't find a squad that i like and that fits the way i want to fly but being able to tailor make ships that do funky things that you can't do in 206 is very refreshing so I would say scenario play until things get changed around in 206. And Chuck. So non-competitive 206 right now, I actually think is hilarious. Because okay. there's so much breadth. If you just want to truly play to have fun and not try to like win at all costs, the amount of stuff you could put on the table that does really hilarious things is, is amazing. So it, it, it can be fun. But if you play competitively, I think there are a couple of things that just break the game right now that I'm a big fan of. I love the idea in, you know, as we come out of the pandemic and stores start to have events again, I think Hotec and FGA are great ways to get new players engaged yes. in a way with the game that can scale with them and they can just get a sense of it and the, the kind of uh, collaborative approach to, mm -hmm. a, to a mission I think is great for new players. Because I think new players, 206 is a bit overwhelming to just step into the game. Yeah, and with Hotec, if you have someone who already has all the things, you can buy very few ships and jump right into Hotec. Yeah, exactly. And just yep. share. It's really yeah. easy. Or even just borrow. It's like, hey, you want to try it? Here, here's a ship. Ready, go. Yeah. And also, um, I think that if you're not a fan of the game the video game or you're you're not aware of that you know you kind of lose something in fga because now yeah. that it's what i think everybody else mentioned oh it's a video game okay i mean i guess that makes sense but there's still a lot of gunboat that just is not you know <laughs> yeah. Yeah. so, so what you're saying so, so if i could if i could real quick the, the 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 issue I see sorry, with Chuck, I we're all out of time, folks. Yeah. Thanks very much. <laughs> we want to thank everybody for coming on tonight. Uh, uh, I want to hear what Chuck has to say. Hold on. No, I think as a new player, if you if you've not played X Wing, and you step to the game now with all of the factions and the breadth and the depth of pilot abilities stuff, there is it is an overwhelmingly complicated intimidating. game. Intimidating. Yeah. Really, I mean, it's like it's like just. Warhammer peeled back a little bit, not a lot. It's yeah. you know just crazy. And now that so much like it, you know, and again, I'm gonna sound like an old geezer here, but you used to be able to step to the table, look across the your opponent's list, and within a couple minutes, figure out okay, 
I have an understanding of what that's supposed to do. And now it's like so many gotchas because you just you, it takes 15 minutes just to read Zam's card, you know, <laughs> to figure out what the hell that says. So the game for me, like 206, is a blast if people bring that like, here's what my thing does, just so you know. If I've got to learn what your list does when I'm playing against you, it's miserable, right? Because I, I don't have time to study the game. But Hotak for new players, it's like, welcome to the team, you know, and let's go. And then you can decide if you want to spend hundreds of dollars and learn this thing. Yeah, I, that's why I really hope AMG goes after the casual again. I mean, that's what a lot of other people are doing on the sides. Like with, I just played yeah. in the, the Star Destroyer mission. It's super easy. You bring one ship, you load it with all the goodies, and then you take on a Star Destroyer. Well, it's not a Star Destroyer, um, but it's basically uh, Star Destroyer. an ISD. And you got to yeah. take out the turrets. It's got gravity wells. It's got shield generators. And very simple, well, not simple rules to run, but easy enough for any player to jump in and a DM could just walk them through it. Super easy. Right. Um, Ace is high. What was that that game, Rich, we did uh, at Nova and stuff? The Hunger 1v1? Games. Hunger Games. Hunger that, Games? I mean, oh, yeah. yeah. Hunger, Games. Hunger Games was a blast. Ace is high is a blast. And it takes the competitive element and the complexity oh, don't, out. Don't forget about duos, Chuck. I believe I was the first Nationals duos champion, if I yeah. wasn't mistaken. I do remember <laughs> that, yes. Um, what, Matt, what is, Matt, who, what's Matt Carey's podcast? I don't know. Chuck, why aren't you saying anything? Well, now he's really not saying anything. Yeah, well, I'll talk to you, Patrick. I'm not responding to you. <laughs> so we're just asking the question. <laughs> um, it is the Midwest Scrubcast. So they, almost every episode, talk about aces high because that's what they run every weekend kind of like hotak and they change the rules they limit cards they allow certain ships they allow certain sizes you know like what i did with the initiative so much fun yeah that was a lot of fun are we doing that again soon we always can i'm always it's, and that's the other thing if you want to go play with them you can go play with them for nice. for your uh, aces high they're always playing i think on sundays or every other sunday and that's another great way for people to get into the game is Aces High. Sorry. I'm going to get sappy here for a second, but like, sorry, part of it is like, yes, I enjoy playing X-Wing, but I also just enjoy hanging out with you guys. So I'm like, yeah, you know, as even though like, was Flight Group Alpha my favorite? No, but do I still enjoy my time playing it? Yes, because I enjoy playing X-Wing yeah. with you guys. So yeah, like, I agree. you know, that's like, that's the thing. Like, it's, it's less about wanting to play X-Wing and more about wanting to hang out with my friends at this point. Yeah. Like, so, you know. Well, looks like you boys are in a rough spot. Even with the parts, you still might not outlast the Rebel fleet. So, between you guys, the wall, and us, we want to defect. Typical. Yeah, we want to go back to the Rebels. Back? You left the Rebels to come here? Sadly, the Rebels don't pay very well, and we need the money. The Imperials on the run, they were throwing money around and just hiring about anyone. Well, we did just open up to some new positions on our ship. Your defection won't be taken lightly. Shouldn't be an issue with all the commotion. You guys won't be missed. Looks like I'm starting a new job. So, Gen Con is on. We're back. It's in person. There's going to be limited stuff. Um, they did put out a YouTube video uh, or Twitch video explaining what to expect. And that is... Nah, we don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, nobody really knows. I don't think they really know. They just know that they, they're they there's going to be in-person gaming. 
it is going to have certain restrictions. They're still going to have some some separation, things like that. There'll be uh, less of a, a of a Gen Con feeling, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it will be nice to get together with a whole bunch of other gaming people, get together and 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 all of that. Uh, too bad it's not being held in Michigan because as of nine a.m. this morning. Uh, we got rid of our mask mandate. I know everyone is. I don't agree with it. Um, idea. We're now having it to where if you have your COVID shot, you can go into a place without a mask, and the they'll like Costco and all that. They'll let you in. They'll they'll trust you if you say that you're vaccinated. You don't have to yes. show them anything to sh- that say they just you can say I'm vaccinated and they'll believe you. Yes. Well, I don't want to get too political, but you know, at some point. If if not already, Darwinism kicks in. Yeah, eh, don't worry. It all sorts itself out. Self out. That's what evolution does. Yes. So, uh, yeah, but okay. Okay. Oh, I know. Um. So, right, Gen- I got my vaccine. I'm good. Yeah. Not going to Gen Con though. Too far. Gen Con. For those of you who don't know, haven't even paid attention, or are just learning this for the first time, if you bought your ticket last year, it's automatically enrolling for this year unless you tell them no thank you. Um, so that's already been paid for if you've already bought your ticket. They're going to do the lotteries with the hotels. They already called all the hotels. Those blocks are booked, so don't try to go online and book that unless you want to pay $600 at the Crown. Um, it's probably going to be a night. If you, yeah, a night. So if you get into the lottery of the hotel, you can then book it for a better rate or lower rate. With what's going to be at the convention, we talked to, um, we didn't hear back from AMG, but we heard back from uh, Gale Force Force 9. They said they're going to attend. We just don't know who's going to attend because they're from New Zealand. We don't know if they're allowed to leave their country yet to America. Uh, We'll find that out. But at least they did come forth with some information that... Uh, they're going to be uh, really putting out some stuff for their existing games. They are bringing some new expansion packs, and they are going to have some brand new stuff that we haven't seen yet. Yep. Yeah. So, and there's going to be limited space to play. Uh, I think it's going to be one big room that we're going to be allowed to play. So it might be just the stadium. The stadium. Yeah. No, is... the stadium is out. Yeah. There's no, a stadium. home game for the Colts on that Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> so we're not allowed in the stadium at all that entire week maybe friday uh saturday oh, Jesus. They, said they, they will not have access to the stadium okay yeah and that's, well, that's okay because that wasn't very wheelchair friendly anyhow no it yeah. was not they right. said something like, there's going to be i think they said like a quarter of the number of the events exactly um there's not going to be a lot of signing up for things either so we were thinking like of running something there uh, right now last we checked it was not available you can email them but they were not accepting anything at this time that's probably going to yeah. change as things what i saw was that they were limiting they basically you had to run something like 10 events yeah. or 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 more otherwise you couldn't do anything yeah, so they're limiting some, they had like some cut off. Yeah, they're limiting people who can just open up a table. So th- I know um, Chad, he likes running, you know, just quick two oh six games to teach people who are just walking by. Ugh, sorry, like <laughs> they're not gonna really allow that unless you ask AMG to ask, like, can I get a table? Um, yeah. Chuck Monster Mash. Do you think that's in trouble? I just thought about it. Oh, I don't think so because that thing is so popular and. They'll, it's, they'll by hold. Red, it's by like Red Door or Red Shirt Games. Yeah. Or something like yeah. that. Well, I'm they'll, more, they'll have enough events, I think. I would ask like yeah. things like D&D, Pathfinder, like all those things. I don't know what they're going to have available for gaming there. Well, I think 
without question, they've got to do D&D just from a heritage standpoint. Oh, I know, but I don't know mean, if they're going to have, like, can you have 12 people at one table and then have 50 tables all, like, squished next then to each other? Yeah, D&D virtual. never does anything official at Gen Con for some odd reason, even though it was started... Like yeah, it was started that. somewhere there. Um, they are going to do. Th- there's they're bringing it back, by the way, which is there's pop up events. There, the pop up yeah. events. There's virtual wow. events, and then there's Gen Con in person. The pop up events is you go to your local store, you tell them you want to be part of a pop up event, you work with the store owner, and you are able to have games sent to that store if they don't have it, especially like ones that are going to be released at Gen Con. You can then play them in your local store, um, and then show it to people who are allowed to be in the store as long as you know covid restrictions are lifted because it is in september um the virtual online events so that might be where you see your your dnd and pathfinders and all that stuff i don't know if they're going to have open tables like they did the year before or two years ago now so that's going to be something they, to deal they with. are going to have open tables they will be limited so but they still want people to play i do see a lot of these uh hotels now when we were last at gen con um uh, my friend Andy and I, we had to stay towards the, the, the north end of the city, um, which was about a 20 to 25 minute drive in and back every mm-hmm. day. Uh, it was not the, the largest of hotels or anything like that, but even that hotel, we would come in at night and there would be people in the lobby and in the, the restaurant, you know, the breakfast area, uh, sitting at tables playing games. Yeah. And, and that happened all over the place. And I, I would imagine that that is going to happen yet again, which I think is kind of cool. So, you know, you get, you get back with your, your brand new games that you bought and you can sit right there at whatever hotel you're at and, and go to town. Um, you know, uh, I know that Patrick, Andy, and I got, okay, won't kid you. We got a hotel already. Yeah, um, we bought one by the the airport. It's not a good neighborhood. It's super cheap. Matter of fact, it, it's sketchy neighborhoods. But you know, room was clean. I was able to sleep. Well, we didn't get that one. We got the crown. Oh, that oh, cool. one. Okay. Yeah, we got a different yeah. one then. Yeah. yeah, we got a little bit better hotel by the by the airport. You know, which is better than a van down by the river. But yeah. um, you know, you can still get good deals by going a little bit further out. Yeah. Just nothing you know, downtown. But, you know, anything connected is not going to be the, the, the best thing ever. It's just, just not going to be. But, hey, it is what it is. And it is Gen Con. And we get to go. And, you know, there still is going to be the shopping area and things like that. So uh, is it going to be the huge Gen Con of the past? Nope. No. Yeah. But it is going to be Gen Con. Yeah. And I, for one, am looking forward to it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I am as well. The, um. They have said the shopping, I mean, and it sounds like the, the vendor's hall is probably going to be the smallest and most tightly controlled out of recent years. It sounds like people are going to get assigned certain hours during the, the weekend that you can go in and buy stuff and then that's it. Yep. Um, but in terms of hotels and stuff, um, uh, I well, Chuck and I are going with a friend of ours. Um, and he is already fortunate enough. We, we have a, a room that we're getting downtown. So, but I think there's also like, if you're trying to put Gen Con together, I think they're doing yeoman's work, right? I mean, they're navigating all this ambiguity. Oh, yeah. 
I mean, yeah, they, I'm, I'm amazed that they've done as well as they have so far. Like, they've done a great job keeping us in, in the loop. We've done a great job of basically saying, hey, we're not sure where we are yet, but here's when we think we might have an idea and we'll be in touch with you. Like, they're doing a great job. Yeah. And, and at least they locked and loaded and said, all right, it's, this is when it's going to happen, and here's how we're going to manage tickets and attendance. And is it good? No, it's not even close to good, but we're doing what we can. It's something. Right? And they Better chose time. September because that's the only date that this was open they couldn't book it another weekend this was the only it's that or nothing so for the, they explained that for people who were saying it was on ramadan like uh, we understand but this is ramadan? it what, what not ramadan um yom kippur yom kippur thank you because ramadan yeah, just happened actually but the thing is in, my wife's in a, birthday too and that that was oh, it's my crazy. birthday too uh, yeah but it's it's your birthday it's not your wife's birthday well bring her i don't care she can come. No. <laughs> um, I'll just add this. Um, well, hold on. This last point. So they are capping attendance, obviously. But the people who have previously bought their tickets, they get first, you know, go at it. You have to either wait for them to, you know, not accept their ticket to open up a spot. Or they're going to determine they can open up spots after. Um, even if everyone accepted their tickets that they bought last year, they'll open up spots for people to purchase uh, that didn't get one, you know, freaking two years ago. They don't know what that attendance is yet. Maybe they did announce it, but as of now, I could not find anything. And last but not least, that could change at any yeah, point, exactly. at any time. And it could go down to zero. It could just be canceled because the CDC said so. It could go up. It could expand as it goes. We don't really know for sure. But this is what we got. And that's what I, I actually like their approach because they are kind of doing the crawl, walk, run. It's like, we're not going to just open this thing up. We'll open it up. And then as we learn more, we'll open it up further if we can, right? So I think they're starting with what is large enough to be kind of critical mass to make it worthwhile. Right. Without without having to later apologize, right? So they're saying, All right, this is this is the smallest we can do and actually make it be a Gen Con-ish event. Yeah. And then we'll make it bigger if we can, you know, kind of thing. So I, I think, you know, with all of the potential scenarios out there, I think they're doing a really good job of just kind of crawling into this thing as we learn yeah i mean so my advice for people who are traveling from super far distances if you are planning on coming uh i would i would buy insurance on your plane tickets or make sure they're they're refundable don't get non-refundable uh i know the hotels will let you refund the money if the event is canceled um so don't buy onto that 50 dollars you need to pay in order to get your money back bs nope if it's canceled you well, get your money back but I think that's an important point, Patrick, is I also hope <laughs> this is just my own you know, perspective. I really hope folks step into this with a really low bar of yes. what they expect. Right? <laughs> Please. So if, if people if people come out of it and go, oh, well, there weren't nearly as many events as I thought there were going to be. It's like there were two and that should be enough <laughs> you know, or whatever. It's, you know, the, the, if you go there, I think it's more like the, the reopening, right? Go in, go in with that mindset that. You know, anything is good at this stage. Yeah. yeah. I, at the very least, I would suggest go there with a mindset like Padre said. Go shop. If you can, go back to your hotel and play. If there's events there for what you want, do what you can. Uh, mm -hmm. And if you all of a sudden you're like, oh, I want to join this, but it's online only. It's like, okay, well, go back to your hotel and do it. I mean, you're not really probably going to find a spot to do it there so be ready to spend time in your hotel room so plan for that 
which is good because then and you can outside. order food and drink as much as you want. <laughs> drink heavily, drink often. Hydrate is good. Um, <laughs> how many of you? So, so like I know that Andy and I will be getting. In, we're leaving Wednesday, so we got our our place for for Wednesday night, Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday night. Uh, pardon me, Saturday night. Um, we're all leaving on Sunday. Uh, is anybody else here coming in on Wednesday? Um, my Chuck, I don't know what the I'm not that far yet. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't think we're a hundred percent sure. I think what we want to do is get there either Tuesday morning, fairly early. You know, Tuesday morning, uh, early afternoon. Or late Wednesday night, but I'm not entirely sure. There's a couple of scenarios we've talked about, but that's kind of the idea. Is and then leaves uh, Sunday sometime, sometime before the game gets out at four o'clock, definitely. So for me personally, the the I would have to say shopping at the big hall is like big on my list. Yeah, you know it 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 just is. I I, I absolutely love it. You know. I, all I know is I want to get some nice metal dice, um, and that's I, I can't think of what I'm sure I'll probably. Yeah, there there will only be like ten or twelve of those places. Yeah, not every corner yeah. like we're used to. <laughs> all right, uh, so I forgot to mention it earlier, but that's okay. I can just edit this like crazy. So we, or my wife, bought me an amazing little gift. It's a Mad Libs Star Wars book. All right. So oh, I've already asked. I've already filled out a good amount of these. So we just need a few more. Um, All right. So Joseph, this is Mad Libs, The Power of the Dark Side by Emperor Palpatine. Uh, you can't give me any Star Wars words. So you can't say, okay. oh, Death Star. Um, but I need a noun from you, Joseph. Proper noun or just a noun? Just a noun. Phaser. Phaser. Got it. That was Star Trek. So exactly. we're using Star Trek words. Uh, <laughs> rich an adjective. Um. Uh, crispy. Crispy. <laughs> Wait, was that one? Of, oh no, I got a different word. Okay, uh, Chuck an adverb. Cheese. Something with cheese. An adverb, Chuck. Yeah, cheesily. Uh, stealthily. Stealthily. I don't even know if I know how to spell that. Sure, I know how to read. Uh, a plural noun, uh, Mr. Padre. Oh, plural noun. Uh, pasties. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> nice. Okay, I need a noun. Let's see. Um, I will just type in glue. Come on, go to Rich. That's a good oh. noun. Uh, okay, R Rich. Last name of a person in the room. Ooh, uh, that's really hard. I'm going to go with Boyage again. Boyage and got it. Okay. Last name is Patrick. Excuse <laughs> you. Yeah, Patrick. And uh, a noun, Joseph. Uh, paintbrush. Nice. Okay, paintbrush. I was thinking taco shell. Beautiful. Not so this is The Power of the Dark Side by Emperor Palpatine. And some of these were already filled out by people online. So here we go. As Jogan Fruit Sidious... Sith Lord and spicy leader of the Galactic Empire, I know firsthand how powerful the dark side of the Force is. If you become a Sith, 
a phaser who is who uses the dark side of the force you'll have all these powers of the jedi and more unlike the jedi who only work with the light side of the force the sith can use the dark side of the force uh to stop barbies he or she loves from melting the jedi would never try such a crispy thing it's obvious to anyone who has studied the dark side that it is more powerful than the jedi could stealthily imagine the Jedi might tell you that the dark side is quicker, easier, and more necrotic. I admit that may be true, but those who join the dark side will know crunchy power beyond their wildest pasties. <laughs> like me and my glue, Darth Boyajin, uh, those who practice the dark side of the Force are destined to rule the paintbrush. Join us or stretch. <laughs> stretch. Join us stretch. or stretch. I like that Darth Vader is apparently distinguishing feature is pasties. <laughs> hey, I'm you know, concerned. I run a lot. I don't want my nipples to bleed, so I wear the pasties. Tape and then these like warm, wicked pasties. Warm, wicked pasties. Oh, oh you know God. what? I wouldn't okay. mind some pasties with some Recon Tokens logos on them, right? Are you really like those? Dear God, okay. Oh, no, are so I, need, silly. I need those tendrils from the, the dancing girls, the Twi'leks. Oh, oh fuck. Okay. <laughs> so, my question, Patrick, is, do you need the uh, the one-inch tokens, or do you need the two and a quarter? I think I only have small nipples. I just okay. need the warners. So I are we good? Are we good? Are we going to keep talking about nipples? Like, please, friends, yeah. can we okay, yeah. roll it on? Areolas. God. Can yeah. we please? Oh, God. <laughs> Guys, okay. I'm gonna go to bed. I got right, painting to do. Guys are there. freaking me out. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> all right, everyone. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening. And oh my goodness, yeah, Joseph. Thank you. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you, Patrick, for having yes. me. Thank, thank you, you, Rich. Thank you, Chuck. Padre, Joseph. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for awesome. having us on. This was a lot yeah. of fun. I had a really good time, and I appreciate it. And thank you, viewers, for having us on. Good night, yeah. everybody. Yeah, also, I don't think we we said it earlier, but Patrick, thank you so much for running not only Flight Group Alpha and like yeah, yeah. Kotak for us. As much as we complained about Flight Group, it was a lot of fun. And thank you so much for running and being like putting up with our bullshit at times and continuing to run and have be a good sport about it. So like, seriously, mad like like mad props to you, man. Like thank you so much. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's a hundred percent. And I, um, I, yeah, I well Robert yeah. too. He helps in the he helps a lot when I run these things as well. Um, yeah, definitely. But I want people to enjoy X-Wing, and when they get burnt out on the competitive, they can move to something else just for a, like a brief moment and then jump right back into it and recharge their batteries. Because um, a lot of people, they'll play it. Like Chuck says, they get overwhelmed, and they're like, I'm out. I'm not, I'm not investing any more time with this. Um, and I, we've always tried to bridge the gap here between casual and competitive because they coincide with one another. They're, it's, uh, what is it? An equilibrium, but it's, it's the same coin. Yeah, basically we need each other. <laughs> we need the competitive to drive up attention to the game. Um, like when everybody of the streamers streams a 206 match and everyone who's a casual is tuning in and they're like, cool, I want to go do that. Um, like watching the X games, like watching somebody do an ollie or a, uh, go into a half pipe and they're like, holy geez. And they grab their crappy skateboard and they go to their local thing and they, they try it out on their own. And that's what I should the rest going over the curb. 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then you rip your knee apart and you get back up and hopefully do it again. Um, <laughs> so, or, tear <laughs> or tear your ACL in a hockey match. <laughs> oh, poor Lyle. All right, oh, Robert, you got you want to close this out? Uh, sure. You know what, everybody, fly casual. Yeah, just no. enjoy yourselves. Fly casual. Have a good time. Grab your friends. Get on the tabletop. Play some games. Have a couple of barley pops or a couple of sodas or whatever you want to do, but just make sure you get out there and play some games and have a good time. Yeah, play casual. Yeah, yeah. Get on Here. that table. Yeah. Have a few drinks. And, uh, hearts out for Shuttle Tidarium. We loved you. Yeah. We love you. We still yeah. love you. Thank you for all the, the show, Shuttle Tidarium. Absolutely. Really? Yeah. And we don't want the Ewoks. No. I hope they go to Gen Con for fun still. Yeah, so absolutely. Don't worry. I'll, I'm going to try right. to get him on the show. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to grab him here and there. Oh, yeah. It's going to happen. So, uh, the, the last thing I got, Patrick? Yeah. See ya! Later. Well, it looks like you boys are in a rough spot. Even with the parts, you still might not outlast this, this rebel fle- I got to do that again. <laughs> <clears throat> well, looks like you boys are in a rough spot. Even with the parts, you still might not outlast the rebel. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> Wait, I better drink some beer. Line. <laughs> Line. Line. Dentine ice. ice. Nothing's colder than ice. <laughs> well, looks like you boys are in a rough spot. Even with the parts, you still might not outlast the... Be- the, the f- <laughs> God damn it, Robert. Jesus. Ooh. So <laughs> All right. Again. What, you want to do the whole thing again? No. No, I'm saying again. I think we're good. I mean, unless you want to do that line again, Padre, but I think we did okay. Which line? The first line. He did. He eventually got it, but I think we're good. Are we good? Padre, I think we should do it again so Padre is a clean cut for his Oscar nomination. Okay, that's fair. Once more from the top. Oh, if he get, we can nominate him for a Golden Globe. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I, I think the Golden Globe got canceled. Hold on. Oh, exactly. You <laughs> can have all of them. <laughs> Padre won all the Golden Globes. Congratulations, yeah. Padre. You did all it. Right, let's go. Let's go into the actual podcast now. Yeah. Exactly. All right. Oh, now that I got all those la- that goddamn that was funny, Robert. Thank you. I needed that. I'm glad um, we defected the rebels. This is good. Exactly. Hello. Actually, outlast. You might. <laughs> oh, <Jesus. laughs> We're doing fine tonight. How are you? <laughs> this is great. No, this is good. I love it. Everyone, when you're ready to talk, raise your hand, and you, I can't oh, see. Are you really though. doing that? Yeah, that's no, we're not doing that. So if uh, we go to Zoom, we can do that. True. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Recon Specialist TV. I'm Patrick. Patrick. Hi, Patrick. Patrick. <laughs> Hi. Hello. <laughs> Obviously, they don't listen to the show. Or they, no, no, not even they? once. Oh, Jesus. I, I listened to you. I should have wrote a full script just like from head to toe. Like, just the whole yeah, thing. Try giving them the answers and everything. I, we listen to the show. Excuse me. I know you do, Joseph. <laughs> yeah, I'm not being maligned. Hold on. Let the record show I'm being maligned. <laughs> I forgot. I forgot Patrick. I mean, excuse me. I forgot Padre was about to speak. I knew Pat. Pat uh, anyway. <laughs> I didn't mean to step on Padre. Oh, do we want to start? Yeah, let's do it. Let's say you know, 
Recon Specialist, Flight Group Alpha versus Hotec, take three.